Glory to God. Oh, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Ooh, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 In the book of Acts, chapter 1 and Acts chapter 8, only a test. Going through. You're, uh, you're going through. Hallelujah. You're going through. Oh, God, I don't care what it looked like you're going through. Just keep on going. Hallelujah. Just keep on going. Yeah, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 reads, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Chapter 8. Verse number five, Philip went down to a city in Samaria. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. I want to use for a thought today, Samaria has to be included. Samaria has to be included. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that... When your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. I thank you that you'll prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Grant a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might preach unto your anointing. Through your anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Samaria has to be included. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew, glory to God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Samaria, Samaria has, to be has to be included. included. Amen. The church must be evangelistic or we fail to fulfill our purpose for being. Amen. Christ is not just simply interested in our worship. Yeah, he's called us to work. Matter of fact, our worship should push us to work. Amen? We should leave worship, whether it's private worship at home, on your own, or corporate worship. We should leave worship so charged up that we share the love of Christ and the message of Christ with somebody, anybody that we come in contact with. That is the purpose and that is the power of the anointing that is upon our lives. And if you're a born-again believer, God's anointing is upon your life. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and this is the assignment that has been given to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, Paul writes, <clears throat> Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And then he says, all of this is of God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, uh, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So Paul says, God was doing this in Christ, and God has given us the ministry, and he has given us the message of reconciliation. Now, before Paul received that revelation, Jesus had already said to his disciples, just prior to his ascension in heaven, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of my Father, the gift of, that my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. 
For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then down in verse 8 he says, but you will receive power. You will receive dunamis, might. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you already got the authority. You already have the right to go. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we're finding that this statement uh, comes alive for the disciples on the day of Pentecost. Yep. And this is a real day. This is not, this is not um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. This is the Bible. This is the truth. This is not a fairy tale. All right. We're finding that this statement becomes alive to the disciples on the day of Pentecost and in the days and weeks that follow. All right. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to witness about Jesus Christ. When we say witness about Jesus Christ, we're talking about preaching the message preaching the message that God had raised Jesus from the dead, proving that Christ is the Messiah, along with all of the implications of the resurrected Christ, amen, for their present lives and their present situations. Then persecution comes on the church. Stephen is stoned to death, and the Bible says that after Stephen is stoned to death, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church. Stephen is stoned to death because he preaches Jesus Christ. Amen? And them crucified. All right? And um, with the persecution, they began to go into other towns and other cities in Judea. Like the United, Judea is like the United States, okay? They began to go into other cities of Judea, okay? Now, even with the persecution, sharing the message of Christ in Jerusalem and in Judea is relatively easy for the disciples because these are Jewish-speaking people, Jewish disciples, sharing Christ with other Jews, okay? Uh, other, other native-born, purebred Jews, their, their fellow countrymen that, that are like them, you know, and they, they've known them. They've, grown, they've been going to the synagogue with them. They've been worshiping with them, all right? So they know them, all right? So even with the persecution, sharing Christ with the common Jews, you know, of course, you know, the Sadducees were totally opposed to Christ. So sharing Christ with the common Jews and, and people knowing that Jesus has been raised from the dead, it is relatively easy for them, okay, uh, 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 for the disciples. For the most part, and as I said, they're Jews. They're from Jerusalem. The disciples are from Jerusalem. They are from Galilee and many other towns in Judea. But Samaria is another story. Samaria is another story. I don't know how many of you all were here for the uh, responsive reading this morning, uh, but, I, but it was purposefully read today so that you would have kind of a background of, of what we're talking about here. So if you were not here for the response to read it, ask somebody what it was and go back and read it because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Samaria is another story, and, and, and many of us don't think about this because of our lack of knowledge of the history of the nation of Israel, okay? Unless we've studied this, uh, 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 we're unaware of the intense hatred that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans. You know, as I, was, as I was preparing my message and thinking about this, I really learned about this in Sunday school. I, I didn't learn about this in seminary. I learned about it in Sunday school. And, and, and I realized the importance of us getting back to the quarterly lessons because, because there's so much scripture that's taught, you know, and so much foundation that is given to children uh, from studying the scriptures. Yeah, so we're going to have to get back to some of the quarterlies. Because I learned this in Sunday school. I learned about uh, Jeroboam and Rehoboam and the division of the kingdoms in Sunday school. Uh, yeah, it, it was undergirded when I went to seminary, and I learned more. But I learned about it in Sunday school. So, but unless you've studied, unless someone has taught you, you're unaware of the intense hatred. I mean, really hostility that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans, Okay. Uh, and, and, and unless you study it, you're unaware of the prejudice and the bias uh, that existed between them and how 
the Jews really thought that they were so much better than their distant cousins. Because they're cousins now. You know, they're kinfolk. All right, they're in the family. All right, they really thought that they were better because, you see, when, when the kingdoms divided and, 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 and the, the, the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom, the, the people in the northern kingdom that was called Israel began to intermarry and began to assimilate in the, in the lives and in the culture of the Assyrians. All right. In the southern kingdom, when Babylonia cap eventually captured Judah, uh, in the southern kingdom, even though they, they took some of them in exile, they allowed the Jews to continue to live together. So they maintained their culture. They maintained their religion. They maintained their faith in a more purer form. So the Jews felt that they were purebred. Yeah, they weren't mixed up. They, they didn't have all the different colors and hues. They, they didn't intermarry. They were, just, they were just there. They were just Jews. They, 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 they didn't mix up their religion. All right. So, so there's this intense hatred. And, 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 and Jesus, and then when we come to the New Testament, listen now, Jesus makes it a point to tell his disciples that they were to be witnesses to him. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Now, to tell a Jewish man that he is to go to these half-breed people, because that's the way they thought about them. They thought about them as half-breed. They thought about them as corrupt. They thought about them as immoral. To go to these half-breed people and tell them the message of salvation was going against the grain. However, Jesus' mission was to seek and to save the lost, period, period. Wherever they're located, whatever their nationality is, whatever their ethnicity is, if they're lost, that, his mission was to seek and to save the lost. Jesus didn't have any biases. He didn't have any prejudices. He didn't hate anybody. Amen. He had actually come to break down the barriers that had existed between nations, between ethnic groups, and between classes of people. He understood that all people, somebody say all people, all people were created in the image and likeness of God, and that all people had sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that all people were in need of a Savior, and that all people were in need of reconciliation to God. All people. All people? Oh, yeah, are we here? All people. That was Jesus' mission. And this is what he did. Amen? And, and, and that is what he impressed upon his disciples and instructed his disciples to do. And he had, a he had to be specific in his instructions because they probably would have, uh, would not have been so quick to go to Samaria. They would have gone to Judea. They would have gone uh, to Ju Jerusalem and Judea. They would have even gone to the uttermost parts of the world and skipped over Samaria. They would have skipped over Samaria. They would have skipped over Samaria. So he had to be specific in, in his instructions. And he said, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in your home province, or your hometown, in Judea, your home province, a nation, and then in Samaria, the northern kingdom, where you believe the people are corrupt, well, you believe the people are ungodly. Well, you believe the people are mixed breeds. And they've mixed up their religion and they are unfaithful to God. Now, we're sitting here because, because, you know, a lot of times we only think America and we only think Christianity. We're sitting here and we'll say, well, all people, and, and this is the truth, all people, who, 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 all people need a Savior. We'll say that because that's what we've been taught. Pay attention now. Let's go a little bit further than this. And that is the truth. That's what we've been talking about. 
<clears throat> All right. So it, it, it's interesting to note that in our text for today, the scripture specifically says in, in chapter 8 that after the persecution broke out in the church, that Philip went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Specifically says that. Persecution broke out. Everywhere they went, they spread the gospel. But Philip specifically went to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah. Now, I'm glad the scripture used proclaimed because anybody can proclaim. Sometimes we feel like when you say preacher, you say, I'm not a preacher. All preaching is proclaiming the gospel. We mixed y'all up when we got in the, mm, ah, glory to God, clear. We mixed y'all up and we felt, you felt like you couldn't do that so you weren't a preacher. But preaching is proclaiming the gospel. And every one of us, every one of us who are born again believers are proclaimers of the gospel. Even you young people, teenagers and young adults, you are to be a proclaimer of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This does not skip over you. This just comes right up in your house, in your door. You've been raised in the, in the Lord. You know the scriptures, so you have to share what you know. This is your responsibility. You are not excluded from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, God got you in a group of young people uh, that he specifically connected you with so that you could share the gospel with them. Not so you can become like them and act silly like them, but so that you can lead them to the knowledge of the truth because you've received truth, and truth is not relative. Oh, you should have been in Bible study Wednesday night. Truth is not relative. It's not relative as far as, you know, culture and what truth is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except it comes by me. We know the truth. It's our responsibility to proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is our responsibility. So, so he proclaimed the Messiah. And as we look at this and meditate upon this, we're confronted with the true nature of Christianity, which is to break down barriers. The true nature of Christianity is to break down barriers and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to men, women, boys, and girls, providing them with an opportunity to come uh, to God through faith in Christ's finished work on Calvary. We can't save anybody, but we can definitely present the opportunity to them. It is our responsibility to present the gospel to them. When we don't present the gospel, we are failing to fulfill our responsibility. If we fail to fulfill our responsibility, there is a danger of that person going to hell and that blood being required at your hands. The Bible says Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received them, he gave the right. He gave the, the, the authority to become sons of God. In essence, Jesus, you know, yeah, thank you for saying mm, right there, because I was going to stop right there for a moment, because when I was preparing this also, I thought about the fact that he gives us the right. You don't have to become his son. You don't have to become his daughter. But he's given you the right to do it. He's given you the right to. You can choose what you want to choose. He will never force himself on anybody, but he's given you the right. Just say, I've got the right. Yeah. yeah I've got the right. So now, because you've got the right, when you stand before God in judgment, you can't say, God, I would have, but I didn't know. God, I wouldn't have, but this person made me mad. God, I wouldn't have, but I stumbled because somebody else sinned. No. No, 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 no. You got the right to become his son and his daughter. And because you have the right to become his son and his daughter, you also have the right to receive revelation. You have the right to receive insight. You have the right to receive power. You have the right to be used by God. You have the right uh, to cast out demons. You have the right to lay hands on the sick that they might recover. You have the right. It's yours. He has provided it for you. Amen. Yeah. Now, the issue... 
The issue for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today is, how do we overcome our prejudices, our biases, and our misconceptions, and our dislike for the greater good and the bigger picture of proclaiming the Messiah? Because Samaria has to be included. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, Samaria has to be included. So I don't know what your Samaria is, but you've got to include your Samaria. Samaria has to be included. So how do we overcome our prejudices, our biases, and our misconceptions? and our dislikes for the greater good and bigger picture of proclaiming the Messiah, of advancing the kingdom, of sharing the love of Christ and the grace of Christ to lost people wherever we find them without exclusion. Without exclusion. And saints, we have prejudices. We might think, quote unquote, that white people are prejudiced. But brothers and sisters, we can be some prejudiced people. We have prejudices. We have prejudices. We, we are biased. Yeah, we have misconceptions about people. And let me tell you something. It's not all, part of our issue is among us right here. We can be biased against one another in the church. We can have biases right now. You know, if you're in the same family, in the same house, and you're biased toward one another, my goodness, what you gonna do? <laughs> and your name ought to be the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How in the world are you not gonna be biased on the outside? You know? You, 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 you can't love folk outside of your family more than you love people inside your family. It's, it's, that's an oxymoron. Whatever that means. Do you know what it means? It's an oxymoron. It just don't add up. It's, it it, 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 it kind of like opposes each other. All right? It, it just doesn't make sense. But, 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 but we have prejudices. We have biases. We have misconceptions about people. We dislike some people for no reason at all. For no reason at all. With all these issues, all of these feelings, all of these opinions that stop us from getting to know people for ourselves and making godly decisions Amen. To share the love of Christ and the good news of salvation provided for all who will believe and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of our own prejudices. Because of our own biases. Because of our own misconceptions. What is prejudice? Prejudice, there, there are several different uh, definitions, but I chose this one because I think it speaks to uh, what we're saying today. Prejudice is preconceived judgment or opinion. Preconceived, all right? Preconceived, that means you conceive it beforehand. You conceive the opinion before you have any knowledge or any truth or anything to base it on. You, you, you might hear what somebody else said, all right, okay? You hear families that don't get along with one another. Y'all ever known people like that? Families, and it started way back. You know, something happened way back, and then people continue to tell it, and it passes through the family. Y'all know people like that? <laughs> it is an adverse opinion of a leaning formed without just grounds or before sufficient knowledge. It is an irrational attitude of hostility directed against an individual, a group, a race, or their supposed characteristics, all right? Bias is defined as prejudice in favor 
of or against one thing, person, against one thing, person, or group compared with another, usually in a way that's considered to be unfair. Prejudices and biases. So you got to think about what are your prejudices? What are your biases? We don't associate with those people. We don't like those people. Those people act like this. Those people do this. Those people do that. I was sharing at the, at the, at the, at the community Easter service, and I talked about how, uh, how the, the way we say things um, speaks to our own thoughts about people. We can say, and I was using Fresh Pres First Presbyterian Church, I said we could say, though we could say our brothers and our sisters at First Presbyterian Church, or we could say those people at First Presbyterian Church. It takes on a totally different connotation. My brothers and my sisters means I'm inclusive. When I say those people, I have put... They're not in our group. They're not of us. They're not like us. Prejudices, biases, misconceptions. We, we have misconceptions about people based on what somebody else has said. Not based on what our, our experience is. Because sometimes people will get to us before we have an opportunity to experience people for ourselves and form our own opinions. And our own opinions always should be, should be, should be guided by the Spirit of Almighty God. Yes, yeah, some people do things that you don't do, but you don't have to like what they do to love them. Do you think God likes what you do? Not everything. There are some things you do that God hates. But guess what? God still loves you. He still loves you. In spite of you, God still loves you. Amen? There are things that we dislike, you know? You know, people talk about how Sunday morning is the most segregated time in America. Well, you know, my thing about that is I don't, I don't really have a problem with, with it being segregated. Uh, from the perspective of, well, some people may not like loud worship. Some people may not like running and hollering and screaming, and I like that. So, you know, we're, we're okay, you know, as long as we know that we're in the same faith, you know. We're in the same army, you know. You don't have to yell and run and holler and scream, you know, and if the music's too loud for you, that's okay. But if it's okay for me, you know, to yell and holler, just don't judge me. And don't say that, that, that I'm ignorant. Don't say that I'm stupid because I want to yell, holler, and scream. Because if I can yell for my football team, I can yell for Jesus. Are you hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, I, if I can go to the game and, and lose my voice screaming because my football team is winning, then I can come to the church house. If I want to yell for Jesus, I can yell for Jesus. Doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian. Doesn't mean that I got a different way. I, that's the way I grew up in my culture, and I like that. As long as I don't judge you. As long as I don't dislike you. And I don't say that that church over there is not spirit-filled because they don't do it like we do it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we, we, all, we all have our prejudices. Uh, we all have our biases. You know, our children go to school and they don't get along with other children because of biases. Skin color, prejudices, skin color. You, uh, I used to challenge our teenagers when they, say, when they would say, you acting white. I said, what is acting white? Please tell me what is acting white. Are you saying that acting intelligent is acting white? Well, then you ought to act intelligent then. You ought to just act intelligent. If that, if, if, is that what act, if, you understand what I mean? You know, we, we have, and, and, and children just didn't develop this. They got it from their parents. Just like when you think about the time frame in history, when the New Testament is written, as opposed to the separation of the kingdoms, back in, right after Solomon's death, all of these years, these people have maintained their prejudices. 
They pass it down through the ages from one generation to the next generation. Hundreds of years. They've maintained this dislike. You say, how do you know it's in the New Testament? Do you remember when Jesus went to the well at Samaria? And he asked that woman for a drink of water? And she said, how is it that you being a Jew ask me a Samaritan for a drink of water? Don't you know that Jews and Samaritans don't have dealings with one another? Down through the ages, they've maintained it. And we pass stuff down to our children. Our children pick up on things we say in our houses. Sometimes you don't have to just say, okay, okay, uh, uh, um, uh, Robo, you go out there and act like this. Robo just, <laughs> Ro Robo just listens to mom and daddy. You know, Robo picks up on what mom and daddy says. Robo picks up on how mom and daddy acts toward other people. Robo picks up on the fact that mom and daddy only associates with people that's just like them. Are you hearing? Yeah, so we all have our prejudices, our biases, our, our misconceptions, you know? <laughs> yeah, our dislikes. These are our Samarias. God has, has called us not just to share faith to people in Jerusalem and Judea, but God says Samaria must be included. Let me tell you something. If you are prejudiced about, against people, if you have biases, if you are a witness for Christ, and I know a greater issue for us, but I, I just can't continue to, to stay at one point. A greater issue for us is more of us being on fire to share Christ. You know, I can't stay there. You know, you know what you ought to be doing. You know, it's not like you don't know. All right. But, 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 but God says that, that, that Samaria has to be included. And you are not going to include people that you're prejudiced against, people that you have misconceptions about, people that you dislike. You will not include them when you share your faith in Christ. You will skip over them. Several years ago, uh, we were in Liberia, and, and this lady went to Liberia from Oregon. And... Uh, and uh, she got up in Liberia, and she was just all snotting and crying, and she was just, just uh, oh, we're so sorry for the way we've treated you all. And I'm sitting there saying, you haven't treated these people any kind of way. If you're going to apologize to anybody, find some African Americans in America. Go to a church in America and snot and cry and say, I apologize. Because the folk in Africa, you didn't mistreat them. You mistreated us. You mistreated our ancestors, so if you're going to apologize, come to America and apologize for what you've done. Yeah. Can't just go to the uttermost parts of the world. Oh, it's wonderful to go and do mission work, but you got to include Samaria. Got to include Samaria. You know, and, you know when, you, when you preach messages like this, uh, the, the one real reality of this is that uh, you, you have to deal with the people of privilege who have really mistreated people who don't have privilege, but you still have to deal with, with, with us because we have prejudices, you know, and, and I say that because of things that I've seen and things that I've studied, you know, how is it that a certain denomination can go and, and, and pride themselves in being the first denomination to establish churches in Africa when they won't allow, when they wouldn't allow uh, African Americans to serve in leadership in their, in their own churches here in America and didn't start accepting members until the 70s or 80s. But you can pride yourself in being the first Christian denomination to go into, and they weren't the first anyhow because Philip was the first evangelist and went to Ethiopia and preached to the priest to the Christians in Ethiopia and is the bishop of the Coptic church in Ethiopia. Are you following me? Are you understanding? But, you know, misconceptions, you know. So, so, so you know, I understand all of that just in case some of y'all are thinking about that. But I understand all of that and maybe I'll get a chance to preach this message in a community service. You got to include your Samaria. Amen. So the point of this message today is to deal with our own prejudices, our own 
biases, our own misconceptions, or even our own self-concept. Because now I also realize that a part of us not being willing to go to Samaria is that we may feel like we are not good enough. to share our faith. I feel like we're not good enough. So you got to deal with all of this. Amen. So that we can be free to share the message of the Lord Jesus Christ to lost and dying people today because people today need the message of the cross. People today need the message of the cross. People today need to know about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So what must we do? I'm, I'm almost done. This is not going to be a long message today, I promise you. All right? So you better catch it while we're going. <laughs> now, now, one thing, listen, listen closely. Pay close attention to this and to what Jesus said. The first thing Jesus tells them to do is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Before he told them, to be witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, he said, you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go back to Jerusalem, he told them, right? And wait for the promise of my Father, which shall come not many days from now. Because John baptized you with water. But I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire in that many days hence. A lot of people been, have had the water baptism, but have not had the spirit baptism. Amen? And you need to be honest with yourself as to whether you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Be honest with yourself about that. And know that, that, that God said, Jesus said, my father, he said, if we've been evil, know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more... Well, our Heavenly Father, what? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. When you, when you bring your life in submission to the Lord, you say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God's going to grant your request. You may not jerk. You may not roll on the floor. You may not foam at the mouth. You may not speak in tongues, but that will be an evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen? You know, we, we, have, we, have, we have created things in the church to make people think that, that this is what it takes to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled, they did speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. They did on the day of Pentecost, but they also prophesied on the day of Pentecost. But, but then the Lord has given us a greater understanding as we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So you may begin to operate in, 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 in different uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit to know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you begin to feed, amen, yourself. Begin to feed the Holy Ghost inside of you, living inside of you. You don't just receive the infilling and then sit down and then, you know, next week um, you go back to the altar and you pray for infilling again. And then maybe two weeks later you pray for infilling again and you ain't doing nothing throughout the week, you know. You're not speaking in tongues. You're not praying in tongues. You're not prophesying. You're not using that gifts of discernment. You're not using that gifts of hospitality. You're not using that gift of administration. You're not doing anything but going to work, talking about people, eating apple pie, and you're not cultivating. What did Paul tell Timothy? He said, stir up. The gift of God that has been that you received through the land on of your hands. So once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have to stir the gifts up that's inside of you. Are you hearing me? So he said, be filled. He said, be filled. He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This cannot be overemphasized. In essence, Jesus was saying to them, you will do none of what I'm assigning you to do without the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit filling and operating in and out of your life. You will do none of these things. You cannot do this on your own. Can't do it. And because so many barriers have been built up inside of you, it will take me and the person and power of my spirit to move you to the place where you are free and you can effectively be used 
by me in sharing this message. So much stuff. If we would just tell the truth right now and just tell about the barriers that we have inside of us. Tell about those barriers that stop us from being an effective witness for Christ. You know, I think every block on these walls would be filled with just a few people in here. Because we have so much stuff that's been, that's been built up inside of us from the time that we were children. People have said things. We've developed issues and we've, we've dis learned to dislike people just because mama don't like them. Just because dad don't like them. Ooh, just because our friends don't like them. How many of y'all ever disliked somebody because your friends didn't like them? Thank you. Amen. You know I'm telling the truth. Yeah. You didn't get to know the person for yourself? Matter of fact, you couldn't because if you got to know them, you would have lost that friendship. Now, how much control is that, witch? How much control is that? You got to maintain friendship with this one because you're afraid to talk to that one because if you talk to that one, you're going to lose friendship with this one. And that person controlling your life. Ooh. So there are barriers that have been built up inside of us that we will not overcome except the Spirit of Almighty God lives in us, works in us, and delivers us. We can't change this on our own. People say a leper can't change his stripe, but I tell you what, God will change his stripes. <laughs> Hallelujah. God will change his stripes. God, God created the leper, so if he want to make him pink, he can make him pink. All God has to say is pink, and he's going to turn pink. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. He's a sovereign God. He can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Saints, Saints, really, this is warfare that we're engaged in. And, and, and the war is, first of all, in us. It's in us. It's not, it's not the outside. It's in us. Oh, my goodness. Lord have mercy. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You, do, do, you, do you really know when, in the Bible when they say give glory to God? It said tell the truth. That's what they're saying. We said we said to give glory to God, saints, and we waving our hand. Uh uh. Give glory to God means tell the truth. Don't mean wave your hand. Give glory to God, saints. Now, now, there's some things in us that need purging. There's some things in us that need killing. There's some things in us that need destroying. Yes, it's lying, it's cheating, it's stealing, it's perversion, it's all of that, but it's also personal prejudices. It's also personal biases. It's also misconceptions that we formed about people. And those things will stop you from reaching certain people. Those things will cause you to skip over certain people and go to somebody else. But the Holy Ghost living inside of you, working out and through you will accomplish miraculous work. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's some things he'll do that you can't do. Let me tell you something. There's some things that he'll do that medicine can't fix. There's some things the Holy Ghost will do that talking can't fix. Just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, challenge, challenge the biases, challenge the prejudices in your own life and refuse to be pulled into them. You know what's inside of you. You know what you're prejudiced against. You know people you don't like. You know people you're scared to go and talk to. I'm, I'm, I, 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 wanna, I really do want to see a, a multicultural church. 
I, but I, you know what I want to see? I want to see some Chinese and some Japanese and some Koreans. You know? That's what I want to see. And there's something right here in New York. You know, I'm going to go to the Chinese restaurant next week even though I stop eating Chinese food because I want to talk to the man. You know why I want to talk to the man? Because if I can get the man, I can get the wife and the children. So we forget that. We go for the children. And yeah, sometimes we, 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 we get the children. It's kind of hard sometimes to get the parents so they'll send the children. They want you to take, some of them want you to take the children. They want you to take them. They want you to come get them on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night so they can be free. They, <laughs> go get the man. Man, get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's going to bring the children. He's going to bring the wife. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. You get the man saved, that woman that loved that man. Because she was many, many times women love that man now. They love him. They love him. So get the man saved. And here come the wife. Oh yeah, she glad. She 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 she's glad. She she glad now. Now she really got a good man because because he loved the Lord, you know. Yeah yeah yeah. And I I know if he loved the Lord, he gonna love me. He may have some rough edges. He might have some rough edges, but if he start growing in God, Amen. He gonna love me. So get them. She she been waiting on us to come and get the man. We get mad at some of you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory to God. Ain't nothing like a good saved man. Amen. I should have some women shout amen to that. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Minister Foreman ain't here this morning, but I'm going to tell this. I hope Sister Dot don't mind. But he was just praising God, you know, because, you know, he had been unemployed and, and, and didn't have a life insurance. And he was just praising God that he was able to get life insurance so that if anything happened to him, his wife would be taken care of. Now, now that's the kind of man. <laughs> now, now I'm going to throw some on you, ladies, because... Because, because Sarah called Abraham Lord. That's the kind of man you say, Lord, what would you have me to do? So, you will stop fussing. Oh, yes, you will. You say, Lord, what would you have me to do? <laughs> Glory to God. If you got a man that's thinking about you, the Bible says if a man does not provide for his family, he's less than an infidel and he's denied the faith. Lord, help me here because I'll go somewhere with this now. You see? Go. Because some of y'all want biceps and triceps. You ought to want a man that's going to take care of you. My goodness, are you hearing me? You all want a man that has a heart. And even if he's not able to do it right now, he's got the desire to do it. As long as the desire is there, God will do the rest. God will open the door. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, glory to God. And then let me, let me go back here. Cause, see. Okay, 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 okay. All right, now we, we got some biases that we have to deal with. And see, see, some of y'all. I, I want to talk about Samaria, but. but But see, some of your biases, some of your biases, women, is that you have a conceived notion of what kind of man you want. And you are biased towards somebody that doesn't look that kind of way. Yeah, but, oh, there's a song that somebody sung a long time ago. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, goodness. Ah, Lord have mercy. Yeah. So, so anyway. Yeah, we got we, Okay. Uh, so because, because, of, because of our upbringing, 
Lord have mercy. Because of our upbringing and our experiences, we developed all of these biases and all of these prejudices. And we shouldn't lie to ourselves and act like we don't have them because we have them. We also have fears as it relates to certain people and certain issues. Philip had to challenge his biases. He had to challenge his prejudices. And he had to challenge his fears in order to go to a place where he would possibly be rejected, maybe killed. I don't know. If they were so hostile, when people are hostile to one another, there's no telling what they will do. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to challenge his biases, his prejudices. The fact that Jewish people literally did not like the Samaritans and the Samaritans did not like the Jews for so many, many years played into all of this. If you will go back and read Ezra chapter 4 and you start reading at verse 1, it said that, that when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard, they, this is when they were ready to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem, when they heard uh, uh, that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, let us help you. Let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and we have been sacrificing to him since the time of Ezzahadan, king of Syria, who brought us here. These are the Samaritans. These are the people in the northern kingdom when they realize that because their ancestry, because their ancestors, they knew that at one time they were one kingdom. And Jerusalem was the center of worship for, for the entire nation. So when they find out that the Jews in Judah are rebuilding in the southern kingdom that was called Judah, are rebuilding the temple, they go and they say, let's help you build. Let's help you build. Okay? The temple for, for the Lord, the God of Israel. They didn't say your God. They said the God of the whole nation. Because we seek your God and we've been sacrificing him. But, but Zerubbabel and Joshua said, and the rest of the heads of the family said, uh, said, you have no part with us in building the temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. And this is what happened. Then the people around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them, and they frustrated their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of King Darius. This is just a small part that shows us how much animosity and hatred they had for one another. We will not accept you helping us build this temple because you don't have any part in us. You might say you're worshiping the same God that we worship, but we're not going to let you. You don't have any part with this. Yep. So Philip would still have some of these feelings because he's a Jew. He's a Jew. Now, now remember, Jesus, Jesus has had three years to prepare them for the ministry. But remember what happens when Peter uh, goes to, uh, gets ready to go to Cornelius' house. What Jesus had to do for Peter. Let me go on. I said I wasn't preaching long. Don't allow these preconceived notions that you have about people to stop you from ministering to them. Challenge your prejudices. Challenge your biases. Challenge your preconceived opinions about people and share the gospel with them. If Philip had never gone to Samaria, Philip never would have known what God would do. If he had listened maybe to an inner voice and said, you know, we don't deal with Samaritans and it never gone, he never would have known what God would do. But look at what God did. Look at what God did. God used Philip to proclaim the gospel and they heard and they saw miraculous signs, healings and deliverances because he stepped out and he went. Last part of the message. Be purposeful in your mission. Be purposeful. Purposeful. All right? Be purposeful. The Bible says those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to Samaria. It probably the capital of Samaria. Um, it's called Sebasti. Uh, Sebast. 
He proclaimed the gospel there. He proclaimed the Messiah there. Philip was purposeful in his mission. He went there. Somebody say he went there. He didn't just pray about going. He went. He didn't just pray for the people. He went. And then he proclaimed the Messiah to them. Did they know about Jesus? Probably so. Jesus had been to Samaria before. Did they expect the Messiah? Yes, they did. But they needed a clearer understanding of him and his mission. And this is what Peter proclaimed. He was purposeful in his mission. He included Samaria because Samaria was important to God. And I guarantee you, Tabernacle of Praise, if we start including Samaria, if we start including our Samaria, then we will see this church grow by leaps and bounds. Some people are not going to come here because our Judea and our Jerusalem has spoken negative things about us. But they haven't gotten to our Samarias. Are you hearing me? We've got to go to Samaria. Jesus said, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see God filling this house. Ooh, I see him filling this house. I see him filling this house. I see him filling this house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was purposeful, purposeful, purposeful. For us, we've got to be purposeful. It's not just enough for us to pray for people of different races who are lost, or people of different ethnic groups that are lost. It's not just enough for us to pray for people of different socioeconomic levels. It's not just enough for us to know that people need a Savior and talk about how bad they're living. That's not enough. We've got to move beyond that. And listen, if you think you're on the bottom of the rung economically, then go witness to your boss. When God brings the owner of the company in and meets you and starts a conversation with you, then you find a time to share Jesus with the owner of the company. If you think you're on the bottom, start sharing Jesus with the big people and watch how God will use you. It's not what you do, it's what God will do. It's not just Philip preaching Jesus, it's what God did because Philip stepped out and went to Samaria. God said, you got to go to your Samaria. God said, you got to go to your Samaria. God was purposeful in sending Jesus into this world. The Bible says God was at work in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself. And Jesus said to his disciples, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. We've got to be purposeful in our mission. We've got to go to our Samarias. We've got to proclaim the good news of our Savior. It's the gospel to say. Faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. It's not what you do. It's what the Holy Ghost will do with his word. Because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. This is the only way the Holy Spirit can work through you. All right? Your prayers are not good enough. God gave you feet and God gave you a mouth. Got to go to your Samaria. You got to speak. God will do the rest. Your Samaria needs you. Go to the group that you've been avoiding. Go to the group that you don't know. Go to the group that you don't have anything in common with. Go to the group that may have rejected you. Go to the group that looked different from you and eats different kinds of food than you eat. Go with the purpose of sharing the good news and see if God won't show up. He showed up when Peter went. He showed up, I mean, when Philip went. And he'll show up when you go. Jerusalem is not enough. Judea is not enough. The uttermost parts of the world is not enough. Samaria must be included. Am I talking to the church today? Samaria, Samaria must be included. I remember, time, I remember one particular incident, and a lot of them have happened, but 
you know, talking about preconceived notions. I remember once uh, this particular gentleman, uh, when I was pastoring at Fishing Creek, I saw him when he first came to the church, and I said, mm, he has a real mean look on his face. I said, you know, he'll be hard to approach. But God allowed me to approach him. God allowed me to get to know him. God allowed me to see that the mean look that was on his face was because of all of the hurt and the pain that he had been through in his life. And you know, sometimes we, we build up walls because we don't want people to come in. We'll put up those walls because we don't want people to get too close. But if we just listen to God and go to that Samaria, we'll find out that the people are not like we thought they were. That they have hurts, they have pains, they have needs. They are in need of a savior. Samaria must be included. Let's stand.